The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. Guess who's back? Back again. Macca and Rick are back. Tell a friend. Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Mate, welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast. Coming to you live on Port Fan Radio once again. We had last year off. We're back for 2020, 150th year celebrations for Port Adelaide Footy Club. Rick, how are you, buddy? Mate, we start and you're already stealing my my stuff already. That's what I do, mate. You're stealing my tunes already. (laughs) Isn't it exciting that we uh, we're ready to rock and roll for another season, our seventh season, seventh season of the podcast? Of course, we had last year off. We had a bit of a hiatus. We had uh, streams of people beg us to come back. And by streams of people, I mean about three. Um, but uh, look, we're back. Don't know if people wanted us back or not, but here we are. Hopefully, um, hopefully we'll have a good season and have something positive to talk about. Well, that would be nice, wouldn't it? It would be lovely. It would be lovely. So, um, yeah, I, 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 had a, I won an auction to go tour um, Tom Jonas's uh, winery with him and, and Brad Ebert. Oh, yeah? Did, did I tell you about that? You did not tell me about that, no? Yeah, so uh, so this the theme of this is excitement for the season, right? And so anyway, uh, I gave Tom a call to try and organise a time to go and do it and, and stuff like that. And uh, he was like, yeah, ready for a big year. And I was like, yeah, I'm ready for a big year. <laughs> I'm trying to uh, I'm trying to be motivated, but it's um, it's hard. But I'm I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful. I think if you can't be hopeful this time of year, then uh, then what hope do you have? Really, none at all. I don't think. But uh, I, yeah. I'm looking forward to this season. Um, I'm not sure why yet, but um, you know we've we've got some more young kids coming through, so I'm sure we'll talk about that. Uh, in a little while as well. Do you want to go through just some quick thoughts on 2019, considering we didn't pod at all last year? Uh, do we have to? Well, we we don't have to, but we can well, a little yeah. bit. Well, I, I think there's some interesting parts from last year that we probably do need to talk about. Um, I think the main one is uh, Dougal Howard leaving. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess it goes in the theme of what I was saying to you before the show started, Craig, about mentioning uh, Pollock and his foot being rested too. Uh, I think sometimes I, I read a lot of stuff which is a little bit hysterical about um, uh, the players that leave Port Adelaide. But on the whole, I don't think we've actually been burnt uh, that much by the players that we've let go. Saying that, I was disappointed to see Dougal go because I did have hopes for him, especially seeing he was really one of our only 199-centimetre um, key defenders. Yeah, well, that's it. You see a bloke who's 200 centimetres can run like the wind, can take a good grab, kicks goals, can play anywhere on the field. And you think, why on earth are we trading this guy? Um, I think he had a really disappointing season last year. Some of that was probably Port's fault. Some of that was his fault. Um, am I sad he's gone? I think I liked the idea of Dugues more than I liked Dugues himself because he was prone to some absolute terrible clangers. Um I don't know. I, I I do agree with you 100% that um, generally the trades that we've made and players that have left our club haven't really gone on to become better players. 
but I feel like this one might bite us on the ass. Well, I mean, I hope for Dougal that he has a great career. You know, I thought he was a good player. I never saw... Um, I mean, let's face it, the Port Adelaide teams that we've been following of recent times, most players have clangers, so he isn't a lot. Nice. Um, yeah, um, I never thought there was anything glaringly poor about Dougal. Um, yeah, if I had a choice, I would much uh, prefer him. Um, to be in our side, they're not. But anyway, yeah. let's let's see that uh, how it works. I guess fingers crossed. I think and if we about... had some ready-made young replacements, sort of his size, I would have been okay with uh, with letting him go because I feel like what we actually got for him was pretty decent. Um, unfortunately, uh, we don't really have the backup to replace him. Yes, no, we don't. And it's, um, I might be cutting into our run sheet early, but, I mean, that's really the worry part, isn't it? The uh, the defence and lack of tall defenders. It, it seemed to be our Achilles heel last year, um, which big footy loyal supporter Triby pointed out, the bags of goals of tall forwards against us. Um, you know, and we really don't have a tall back option this year. That's right. We've got a few people listening in on Spreaker on the chat room, which is fantastic. Welcome back, James Murray and Jimmy Unchained. Jimmy said that reading through the 2020 champion data prospectus, we were the first team ever to lead the league in forward half differential and miss finals, which just sort of sums up Port Adelaide over the last sort of four or five years, I think. So why why is that, though? Like what, what, what caused the breakdown? I think the breakdown comes from our school level is... As we've spoken about a hundred times on this podcast, I reckon, Rick, over the years, um, our skills just have not improved to be good enough. Um, you know, it seems to be year in, year out, we just make too many clangers. We're, we're wasteful going forward. Um, I think we led the league in inside 50s and we still miss finals. So we can, we can show that we can actually get the ball forward, but um, what we do with it when it's up there or whether we've got the appropriate targets up there um, that's another question. I mean, I get shit canned. I said I wouldn't swear, so I don't class shit as a swear <laughs> word these days. I get shit canned from people on social media, especially Big Footy, for maybe being a little bit critical of um, our senior players. Um, but they're the ones that really set the standard and should deliver under pressure. And time and time again, their, their skills probably do let us down. And uh, and that's my, one of my concerns for this year. And I don't know. I tried to do the argument on Big Footy when I heard one of the coaches. Um, I think it might have been. I don't know. I don't know if it was Bassett. It was either Bassett or Voss. It might have been Voss, where they came out and said, you know, they're expecting, uh, you know, a, an improvement from the senior players. And I think that really bucks the trend of football uh, historically, where the senior players actually perform the same or decrease due to age. It's just a thing that happens when we get old. Yeah. Um, and, ex- and expecting our senior players to improve seems like an odd logic to me. What do you think? I would hope that someone like Brad Eber improves from what was a pretty poor 2019 for him. Obviously, he missed a lot of it through injury, which was, um, which was disappointing. I think Hamish Hartlett should improve. I hope Charlie Dixon improves. Um, Jonas needs to get back to his best. Motlop needs to get back to his best. We'll get Jack Watts back as well. Um, he obviously had that great game in round one, then got injured for the rest of the season. Uh, so I do 
kind of agree that there should be some improvement there from the senior guys. Yeah, well, I guess that's because their level was so poor, I guess. Yeah. But I, I guess I was thinking from the perspective of when they do play um, and their ability to deliver under pressure for the key skills. I mean, Brad Ebert always had a question mark on his skills. You know, Justin Westhoff's had a, a question mark over his, um, you know, his kicking, especially for goals under pressure at times. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you could say the same for Robbie Gray. Um, you know, for the great player he is, there's been times outside of that St Kilda game where his kicking under pressure for goal go, goes a bit astray. Yeah. Um, you know, Hamish seems to sometimes go missing in big games. Um, you know, is that the behavioural trend where we can expect to see improvement from those players? I don't think so. Mm. You know, by the time they're in their late 20s and early 30s, uh, those sort of habits are really ingrained and I find it hard to believe that they're going to change that. Yeah. Uh, James Murray on the chat says, Brad Ebert, official whipping boy 2020. Um, which is something that we sort of mentioned uh, before we started recording who was going to be the new whipping boy, considering Sam Gray's gone. Um, but we can talk about that a little bit later as well. The other thing to note from last year was uh, KT resigning. Um, he will obviously um, see out this season, um, but he is gone as the CEO from 2020. Interesting choice um, by KT. I guess the, the writing on the was on the wall after that infamous letter they sent out to the members, really, wasn't it? It was a very odd um, decision for him at the time, I thought. Yeah, I think um, I think it was pretty clear that he was going to leave at some point um, in the not too distant future, especially after that letter. Um, I feel like it's the right decision. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about KT's reign as CEO as a whole? Well, I think every if we we just got to assess everything over the era, and even though it's he came from a very low base, didn't he? You know, yeah. we were sort of at breaking point. So if we were going to last, there was only one way to go and that was up and, you know, and, and so he did a lot of hard work. But, I mean, Mark Hayesman, who took a bullet before him, also did a lot of grunt work in trying to splinter the SANFL and their um, claws from us and took a big bullet, really. Um, yeah, and then KT got the, uh, the River of Gold in delivering uh, Adelaide Oval, um, which, you know, obviously in the beginning was always going to be... Uh, uh, a bit of a bonanza for us and it was an amazing ride but I, I think then over the rest of the journey I mean he has to be assessed with ultimately our performance I think uh, you know we can't really assess China because it's still too early and it's a, it's not the core of the footy club which is football so yeah. we've made what three in his reign we've made what three final series out of eight seasons for KT is that right yep sounds about right so I would have to say that his reign, therefore, is um, a four out of ten. Yeah, I think that's that's one way of looking at it. I, I put an analogy when he first resigned on uh, on Big Footy, and that was a, a sort of a golfing analogy where you've got a long par five and you make the green in two, but then you're three putt. Um, I feel like he's been okay. I feel like his first four or five seasons were faultless. Um, and look, some of that might have been due to Hazeman or some other people. Um, yes, he got a, a free kick with Adelaide Oval, but you still got to make it work. And for a good few years there, 
we were lightning at Adelaide Oval. Um, the whole experience was, you know, AFL best. Um, and I feel like the club was just riding that wave, which was led by Casual Keith. Uh, but I feel like in the last sort of three years, I don't know if we've taken our eye off the bowl a little bit, but there's just been some really disappointing decisions made. Um, you know, co-captaincy was one which just went against tradition, which, you know, none of the supporters wanted. All the supporters said it's not going to work, and it didn't work. Um, that was a really disappointing time, I felt, for the club. Um, it's just been two or three of those sort of decisions made, which um, which have sort of let things down, which has put a lot of doubt in Port supporters' minds, I feel. So... Um... Off topic, Triby reckons I'm broadcasting from a treehouse via a Milo tin. Is is my audio <laughs> sounding? I am in a very open um, open house at the moment with minimal flooring uh, coverings because our our little puppy's got a bit of a flea outbreak going on. So oh, lovely. Um, so there could be a lot of echo going on if that's the uh, the case. I can try and put my hand over like this if if this is better, and I can go for a deeper tone and, and try and talk in a more sexy voice. How's that? Just ditch the Milo tin and get a baked bean tin next time, mate, and you'll be right. <laughs> I'll try my hardest. That's it. Uh, the other thing worth mentioning um, before we go on to sort of our expectations for 2020 is it's our 150th year anniversary of a football club in 2020. Uh, there's a few events and, and things around that which have been announced so far. There's the gala, I think, which is next week. Are you going to be attending that, Rick? Uh, no. When no. is it? No, next Saturday or Friday, I believe it is. Yep. Yeah, I'm in Sydney. So that's a that's a no from me. I'll be there. Come and say good day, anyone. That'd be great. Uh, should be a good night. Uh, the other thing to mention is the 150th year uh, book. The archives book, which um, I have to say looks fantastic. Does it? Have you bought it already? I've bought it. Yes, I've uh, I've ordered two already, um, which was uh, which was good. I think it looks fantastic. There, there should be a lot of really good historical information in there um, to add to our sort of Port Adelaide collection. I think. Uh, you can just uh, lend me your copy for a little bit. Then how's that? Sounds good to me, mate. Sounds good to me. Right. All right. right. Let's get on to 2020. That's what we're here for. Um, Your expectations for this year, Rick? I just want to enjoy the football this year, and I I think I'll enjoy it if um, I manage my expectations, and they'll be managed if Ken actually plays a lot of youth. You know, I I was saying that before we dropped out that I read that uh, Rucci was defending the. Ken and said that he played youth. I think he didn't play as much youth as he could have last year. Yeah. Um, and I just want to, you know, but I, I mean, I also get that they need, they need to be selected on form. You just don't play, you don't do a Melbourne and just play youth for, because they're young. Um, but yeah, I think we missed an opportunity to play more games into kids last year. And, and I'll be, I, I can leave the game happy knowing that we've given a, um, you know, uh, one of the, go this year over, say, a Cam Sutcliffe, for example. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, you look at someone like Cam Sutcliffe and he played a lot of games. You look at Broadbent, he played a lot of games through the second half of the season. Joel Garner debuted, he got four games. You know, he probably could have played ten, considering we delisted Broadbent at the end of last year. I think that would have been good for his development. I think Woodcock maybe deserved a couple of games as well to see what he could have done. Um, I think Laddams probably should have played a bit more than five games last year. 
so we probably could have played a bit more youth than what we actually did. Um, I mm. do agree with that. Look, as you said, I just want to enjoy going to the footy again. Uh, that's the thing. I think the thing that we've seen over the last sort of two or three seasons is it's been very similar. You know, we have that sort of okay start, a surprise win to start the season, and then we have a disappointing loss against a you know undermanned team, and then it sort of goes downhill from there. Um, we've seen that the last sort of few seasons, and it would just be nice to go to the football um, with some form of positive expectation as opposed to what Port Adelaide is going to turn up. Are we going to be, is it going to be game over at quarter time, which did happen about eight or nine times last year? Yeah. And I guess we've also got the, um, you know, those young fellas did amazingly well, the first year players last year. You know, are we going to have maybe too much expectation on them this year? Are they going to have a bit of a second year blues? Um, yeah, Sam Powell Pepper had his third year blues, I think, last year, wasn't it? So, um, yeah, so it's really interesting. But I think we've got enough youth in that squad. Like you said, Garner's been in the system for... Uh, is this his fourth season with us, Garner? This will be third? his third season, yeah. Yeah, so you'd be hoping that he's getting an increased amount of opportunities. I really... I thought I liked him. I guess his probably one thing that he maybe lacked was, what, a bit of leg speed, you reckon? Yeah, probably. Yeah, maybe a little bit of leg speed. But I think his defensive ability is good enough that he should be getting a game most weeks this year, I think. I think, um, you know, he shows a lot of leadership. He shows a lot of courage. Uh, He's pretty good with the ball in hand. Uh, He's the sort of player that I would like to see play, you know, a good sort of 18 to 20 games this year. Is there there one thing you'd like to see maybe different with our game plan that will get you a little bit more excited and and Ken has the courage to stick to it for the whole year? Uh, Probably kicking efficiency would be nice, um, which is something we haven't had for about... 11 seasons now, but uh, that would be one thing which would be positive. I think um, just some form of uh, predictable forward movement as well. Uh, not predictable in that, you know, you know, like the opposition knows what's going to happen, but predictable that we have a an actual game style which we sort of follow, which we didn't really have last year. We did the previous two years before that, but I felt like last year it was just a bit of a free-for-all we didn't really have any sort of idea of any sort of predictable forward movement, which I think was part of our issue going forward, is that the forwards didn't really have much of an idea of what we were going to do with the ball. So I feel like if we can create some form of game style, um, that would be that would be better. And Rick's gone. <laughs> Rick's gone again. He's coming back. That was that was my fault. What are you doing? What are you I, doing? I was, <laughs> was going to cough, so I put my hand over the the earpiece, um, the mouthpiece of the uh, the headphones, and uh, I hung up the phone. I apologise. Wonderful. Anyway, keep going. Sorry. Anyway, yes, I feel like uh, if we have some sort of game style at all, that would be an improvement. Yeah, I, I think it's been an issue we've had since late Choco Williams, really, hasn't it? You know, we we just want to, we're sort of trying to keep up with the Joneses and just copy what's the uh, the Vogue game plan. It was only really 13 like, and four, yeah. 14 that we didn't. Yeah, well, that's right. But you look at 13 and 14, we had a, a predictable game style that we knew what we were going to expect coming into mm. each game. And whether we won or not... Um, 
you know, that's neither here here nor there, but it was a game style which which the supporters knew was we were going to play and we could get behind, which was great. And it was exciting. It was very exciting, very exciting. Yeah. So how do you see our defence looking in 2020, Rick? Well, I think we're going to... I mean, the key pillars are going to be um, Jonas, Cleary, uh, Hartlett, um, DBJ. Uh, yeah. Looks like Jack Watts is selected for this week, which you'll get onto in a sec. But um, So I'd imagine Jacks will be there and probably Justin... We're going to have to use Justin Westhoff back there. I guess we've got no choice. It feels like we will be using Westhoff down back. I'm not sure if I'm 100% keen on that idea. Um, I'm not sure he, he was that good down there last year, um, which, which is what we were sort of talking about with the Howard issue, is that um, we've got rid of Howard. We don't really have a lot of backup. Um, I expect someone like Trent McKenzie might get a few more games this year, but again, he's only sort of 189. 190 centimetres, he's not going to be able to stand uh, one of the big gorillas in the league. Um, mm. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a bit of a hole in our list at the moment, is that we are probably too short back there. We do need a little bit more height. I guess we've, we're probably relying on what we did a few years ago where we fell back quite well and it was sort of that italic brackets team defence, right? Almost yeah, like the, the, the West Coast web so to speak, where you didn't have to be really tall, but you always had multiple numbers to spoil the defenders, but uh, the forwards. But I think the problem that we've got is that we just haven't had the systemization to replicate something like that, especially in the last couple of years. And um, we've been torn open too easily, I guess, probably from having that high forward press, which has uh, allowed our defenders to be exposed. Yeah. That's right. James Murray has said, uh, do you think our resting ruck can fill a hole back there? No. Yeah, probably probably not unless it's that sort of kick behind the play, but I don't see someone like Laddams or Lysett being able to play a key position role for sort of 15 or 20 minutes. Um, I'd probably prefer them to sort of head up forward for that sort of little bit. Um, look, I think it's going to be a little bit trying uh, this year for the back line. I think if they can work out a system as a group, I think that's the best case scenario that we've got because we do have a lot of very good um, sort of quasi-tolls, that, that sort of 188 to 192 sort of centimetre play. Guys like Burton, guys like Jonas, guys like Bonner, um, I can see having some pretty good seasons. Yeah, I mean, look, they're, they're good players. I mean... Um... Bonner will probably be on the fringe, I would imagine, out of the, out of those players. Like in Ghana, they'll probably rotate through with injury and and form. Um, I don't think I don't think Bonner should be on the fringe. I think I don't know. I feel like he's almost become a bit of a whipping boy for us. Is he um, the next Jasper Pittard? Maybe he might be the next Jasper Pittard, but um, I think he's a little bit better. Yes, he can be a little bit. Maybe he doesn't go in hundred percent all the time in terms of some contests, but I feel like. His second half of the season was actually pretty good. I feel like he gets a little bit too much stick that he shouldn't get. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm, I'm with you there, Macker. I, I, I actually don't mind Riley. I thought he uh, he plays okay. Um, he, he's no worse than some of the other performances uh, that we get. And at least he's young, right? And he's got beautiful skills. He's got a bit of run and carry. And from what I remember, he can kick both sides of the body, which is quite useful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, onto the midfield. Um, look, I really want to see some younger guys run through there more often this year. What are your thoughts, Rick, on uh, midfield uh, we for do. 2020? 
I think if we just play with the old guys, we're too slow. Yeah. So um, yeah, I I guess I really question where um, where Rockliffe comes into it. To be honest, yeah. um, because um, yeah, we can't. Yeah, you can't have uh, Wines, SPP, Rockliffe, Ebert, all in there. Um, even though I know we did trial Ebert as a forward man last year. Um, yeah, I just yeah. So we need the we need the youth in there. I mean, I thought Dersma was amazing for his first year. A bit of an understatement, I think. Like every captain, obvious, but yeah. But he, he showed a bit of youthful excitement and and speed. What can, what that can do to the midfield. So hopefully he doesn't suffer the second year blues and he can stump it up. And yeah, um, that Ber- how did that Bergman go at the trial, Macca? Do you think he he might get a few games? Is it Bergman? Oh. Bergman, I don't think he got too many kicks. Um, he might be coming from a little way back, I think. Um, but look, Dersma had a fantastic first season. There's no doubt about that. Um, I really want to see someone like Jake Patmore get some games this year. Uh, he was probably on the verge of playing quite a few games last year, I think, until he got injured um, mm. and missed the whole season, which was disappointing. Uh, I feel like we need... Uh, to see someone like either Willem Drew or Joe Atley or some sort of combination of both. They, they need to play every week, really. So, yeah, and I didn't even bring up Dan. He, he, Houston moving to the midfield as well, right? Houston so. moving to the midfield is interesting. I think he performed pretty well there last year, but he does leave a little bit of a hole down back because his skills are that good and defensively he's fantastic. But Yeah, he's a great um, reader of the play. He so. is. But he could become the next gun midfielder, you never know. Well, he could be, but what sort of mid... He's going to be, um, yeah. He's a different body shape, but he's another Wines Rockcliffe type midfielder, right? Not express pace, but reads the play well, can can move the ball around. There's a lot I mean, of time. Yeah. yeah, he does create time. Uh, Greg William esque maybe, um, but uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I guess two years ago, two thousand eighteen, I could see I could see the team sort of forming. You know, like Dougal down back, Houston down back with. Tom Jonas and Cleary and the flankers, and yeah. we've really just pulled we've pulled that apart. And you know, it's the same as in business. Like if you've got some something that's working, you keep the working parts and then try and improve the parts that aren't working. And you know, sometimes just getting something that's something that's one piece of that cog that's working, and go, okay, well let's put it over here. All you're doing is making something that's working malfunction, and then you've got to yeah, it's. I think we're outsmarting ourselves sometimes. But Dan's a great player, and I'm sure he'll go amazingly well in the midfield. And, and let's not forget that on this podcast many years ago that I was the one that first originally said that Dan's going to be a superstar and saw his genius. Yes, absolutely. You can have that one, mate. Uh, Jimmy Unchain has <laughs> asked on uh, the Spreaker chat, how is Pat Moore's disposal by foot? I'd say it's okay. It's probably on the same sort of level as a Travis Boak. Um, not elite, but good enough. I haven't seen anything of Jake, so I'll rely on your expertise. How do we see uh, Pal Pepper fitting in this year? Well, I think we need him to fit in, and I think we need him to be very successful. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm a bit of a Pal Pepper fan, I I must admit. I I might be a little bit biased, but I just love his aggression at the player that's got the ball. And I don't think we have enough intimidatory players in our side. 
So um, for me, Sam is really non-negotiable. You've got to excuse me, my dog's trying to attack me for attention. Um, so yeah, we need him, and I think we really need him in the midfield more than that forward. What do you reckon? Yeah, I feel like if he's going to make it, it's going to be as that sort of centre square midfielder. I think he needs to probably take over from someone like Rockcliffe there this year, and um, and see what he can do. Um, yeah, sort of make or break season for for Sammy, I reckon. So where where's it gone wrong from his great start in his first year? What, where do you think it's just gone astray? Do you think off field has just created distractions and sort of dented his confidence, and that's really the main difference? And and then the coaches had... maybe flipping him around sort of hurt. No, I think he had a pretty solid year last year. I think um, he had some really really good games, but it, it was just a little bit inconsistent. I think that's part of his problem is that is that sort of consistency sort of issue. I think if he can just sort of settle in one spot with um, with some set roles, um, then that's where he's going to become successful. So he's no lone soldier, though, is he? No, no, that describes about eighty percent of our list. But um, <laughs> can you see Scott Lyson and Peter Adams combining in the same team together? Well, I think we have to because they're both my uh, big footy uh, players. So uh, I'm advocating for both of them. I'm their champion. But but seriously, I, I think, again, we have to because I think Pete's going to be a great player. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, Scott's our, our number one Ruckman. He's, he's that traditional Port Adelaide bollocking player. But I think um, how we can play them is Laddams is just so mobile around the yeah. ground. Yeah. Um, I was trying to, you know, you've got... Um, if you, I hate comparing players from, but I guess you had Goldstein that was that sort of player for a few years. So you had peak form, and yep. um, and you had Dean Cox that was that you know that Ruck Rover type um, Rutman that was able to collect a, a bit of ball and influence the game around. Him. Uh, what Pete's been able to do with his game, the five games that he showed last year and. Uh, and finishing off in the SNFL, he's, he's got a lot of mobility and he can get a lot of ball. And I think he could be that mobile Ruckman, which complements Lysett because Scott isn't that sort of player. He's that crash and bash player. So I think we need both in the side. Absolutely. I think uh, Laddams deserves a lot more game time this year. Uh, Lysett obviously had a... I thought he had a pretty good season last year, but um, he found himself out of the side at some points during the season. But... Uh, I think they do need to sort of uh, coexist in the same side together. Um, onto the forward line, um, where do you where do you see our hopes up forward this year, mate? Well, I think really for me personally, um, Marshall is a key indicator for us being successful this year. Yeah. Right, because we know what we're going to get from Charlie, and you know if we take his injury out and everything else, he's still can be an inconsistent player for us. Um, and Todd can be that roaming player and um, and influence the game up the ground and run back with the plays, quite mobile, athletic, all that sort of stuff. So we really need to be seeing Todd, Todd influencing the game this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he had a shocking run, the poor guy, with you know family disasters. And, I mean, that would mess with anybody. So, Absolutely. you know... Yeah. I can't. I, no one could really judge his up and down or inconsistent form, and I, you know, and that was one young player that the coaching staff continued to persist with, 
um, you know, which is to their credit. Um, but yeah, he's my key indicator. If he if he plays well and consistent, I think he could maybe help add uh, two or three wins to our column. Yeah, I think I agree with that. I think uh, look, it's his time to shine. He's got that. He's in the right age bracket now. He's got some experience behind him. Uh, he looks a little bit bigger this year, which is good. Um, yeah, I, I'm expecting big things from Marshall this year. Look, Charlie Dixon needs to fire. There's no doubt about that. I don't think we're any chance of making finals unless he has a pretty good season. Um, Connor Rosie, I think uh, he'll just do what he does. Um, I expect him to play um, sort of 50-50 forward and, and midfield as well. Uh, we do still need a crummer. We do need some sort of crummer in the side, especially now that uh, our boy Sammy Gray's gone uh, gone to Sydney. Oh, that's um, shocking. I'm it, so it's, sad. It's, I'm, I'm distraught. I'm still distraught that he's gone, uh, especially so so close to reaching 100 games and uh, his children becoming Port Adelaide legends as well. Um, that's a shame. I do feel so. I do, as a Port boy, like I know he's a big Port boy, I do feel sorry for him that he fell four games short, but... I guess he probably he, should, he probably shouldn't have got that close, to be honest. But um, yeah, and that's symptomatic of Ken Hinckley, isn't it? You know, it's he's put all these games into you know, Sam Gray. He, he played uh, Matthew Broadbrand over over youth, and and then chops them. Um, yeah, that's that's where you start pulling your hair out a little bit as a supporter. But no, well, can't can't uh, Rosie and Robbie Gray will be those crummers, won't they? Uh, a little bit, as I said, I expect Rosie to move a little bit further up the field. I think Robbie will probably play a little bit closer to goal. I think we need some more genuine crummers. I, I'd like to see Wood, whether that's Woodcock or Cox or Williams, who had a pretty good um, internal trial with three goals. Um, I feel like uh, we need some younger sort of types up there that can sort of create a little bit of havoc. Uh, whether Butters is that sort of player or whether he moves a little bit further up the field onto a wing or something like that as well. I, th- I think we'll wait and see, but um, I think there's some players there which uh, should be able to keep some winning scores for us. Really excited to see what Mitch Georgiades does as well this year. Yeah, he, he had everyone talking, didn't he? Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, and I think he could play. The thing is, like, if you're playing Laddams and Lysett, <coughs> excuse me, I don't want to cover the mouthpiece again, um, can, can we play uh, Marshall... George Artis and Dixon as well, or is it becoming too top heavy, or is that or is that new recruit um, mobile enough to be more of a running type player at this at this point in time? George Artis is definitely mobile enough. He's uh, he's only one ninety one centimeter, so he's not going to be the big tall guy uh, forward. He's going to be doing that sort of Tom Lynch from the Crow sort of role. I feel for us, which is great. We've we've needed that sort of player for a long time. And we finally got one, which is fantastic. Sam Hayes is a little bit of a smoky for me. I know he's a ruckman, but um, he can play forward. Um, and yeah, at 203 centimetres. If things don't work out with Marshall or Dixon throughout the season, I'm almost expecting Sam Hayes to be thrown up forward and seeing what he can do up there. Yeah, do you think he might be someone that might be a bolter in the second half of the season? I hope so. I hope so. Because he's, uh, again, he's in that sort of right age bracket where he needs to debut. He's got a lot of talent. He could be the best of the lot out of that sort of Lysett, Laddams, Hayes trio. So um, if he has a pretty good start to his SNFL season, then I, I really hope he gets a go at some point throughout the, throughout the year for sure. So could could Laddams and Hayes 
be problematic for Lysa come 2021? I think that could be problematic for Port Adelaide come 2021, considering Lysa's on such a big contract and such a long contract. Five-year deal. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, look, I, I think both Laddams and Hayes, the good thing about those two is that they're both very mobile. They can play up forward. They can play um, ruck. Um, so I, I like that sort of duo. Um, as I said, Lysa had a pretty good year last year. He had some really, really good games. Um, and look, you can't discount him either. So I think we're in a, we're finally in a pretty decent position with Ruckman. Uh, I feel like we've got a couple of decent ones on our list and uh, that can only be a good thing. Agreed. Agreed. Right, on to our three burning questions for this year, mate. Um, number one for me is um, if it looks like we're going to miss the finals, sort of halfway to three-quarters of the way through the year, does Ken Hinckley get sacked before the end of the season? I would even sack him earlier. Okay. I would, uh, if we're two and six, see you later. Make the call then? Yep. I think that's probably fair. Um, We know he's got a trigger for next year if he makes finals, but... um, yeah, if it looks like we're going to miss out again, um, then, yeah, I feel like Ken Hinckley will have to go, for sure. We just have to make that call as fast as possible. Yeah. And, I mean, it's so, it, the phone cut out when we are talking. We got distracted with the KT thing, but um, it's the same. I, I think it's interesting that KT, we're letting KT run his whole year on his contract too. You know, once once you make your mind that you're out you're not in a 100% anymore. I think anyone that's that's sort of decided they're out of, of wherever they're working doesn't commit 100%, no matter how loyal or hardworking they are. So, yeah, I think the moment we know that the season's cooked, we need to just make that decision as quickly as possible because otherwise I, I just worry about the crowds in the second half of the season. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see with that one. Number two... Uh, who of the younger midfield brigade can rise up and demand 22 games this year? From last year as well? Yeah. Does Dan Houston count? He does count, yep. Well, I would say Dan Houston then. I think that's a good one. I'd like to see Rosie become more midfield than forward this year because I think he's got the talent to become an absolute superstar midfielder uh, in the next few years. And I think... um, pushing him through the midfield as much as possible this year is only going to help fast-track that. He's, he's fast, isn't he? He's got, he's he's got, the, he's got that wanganine twitch to him where he, he's so nimble and in diagonal and sideways movements as well as fast. And that was my takeaway from watching him last year. It was like, yeah. wow, this guy's got some speed. But I think we're going to need him up forward this year still, Macca. Uh Possibly. As I said, it depends on who else sort of comes in. Um but yeah, uh, lots riding on his shoulders this year, probably. But uh, we'll have to wait and see you, with that one. On that one, do you think we need Motlop to be consistently performing oh, to, assist, to assist Rosie in being able to play more midfield? Absolutely. If Motlop can come in and hold down a position up forward and kick some goals and lay some tackles and do something, that that would be fantastic. Because, again, like he had... You know, he had two or three pretty good games last year, but then you know he struggled big time at, for large periods of the season too. So he needs to find some form of consistency um, to see what happens there. Mm-hmm. 
Um, number three for me, does our hope of kicking a winning score each week rest on the shoulders of Charlie Dixon? A lot, I think. Um, what does, yeah. well, well, whether it's bringing the ball to ground or actually influence, influencing the scoreboard directly, I would suggest all roads lead to Charlie in relation to kicking goals, which is typical Ken Hinckley. And what I hope is that we start Charlie-focused and then we have leading players like Marshall and what's his name, George Artis, yeah. um, you know, leading and our players drop the eyes, right? I think that's been our biggest issue for a long time now. The players don't have the courage to drop their eyes when players fall back onto that Charlie Dixon type character. So um, that's where I'm hoping we might change a little bit. Yeah. Well, I'm not expecting him to kick five goals every week because that's definitely not going to happen. But he needs to compete more. He needs to clunk those marks a bit more. If he can do that, that's only going to be a good thing for us. Mm-hmm. What are your three questions, mate? I had four. Yeah, four. Oh. Yeah. I, my first question was, what seats does Macca have this year? <laughs> Same seats as always, mate. Top tier of the uh, of the Riverbank stand. Do you do you have like a whole row for you and your fan club? Because we all know that you're like the favourite on the Big Footy podcast. No one actually gives a shit about me. It's all about Macca. So right, do you mate, have a like it? Mate, I've got a whole bay. What are you talking about? You got a whole bay, Macca's bay. A whole bay. bay. Yeah, Macca's bay, mate. So maybe uh, in a hundred years' time, you should come on and sit bed. in at one time. Where? Where's there that? There might be a spare seat. There might be. There might might be a spare seat. Yeah. I'm in. I'm in the pirate life this year. Oh, nice. I thought I'd do something different. I can never. I buy. I buy like three tickets, and I can never get anyone to come with me. So I thought I might as well just buy one more expensive ticket and have a bit of fun. So yep. pirate life for me. Ah, be a pirate. Good work. Um, will Michael Voss be at Port in twenty twenty one, Macca? I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he's probably going to depart with Ken. You would. You would hope so. Like they've. They've both had their run. So based on that comment, are you saying we're not going to make finals this year? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. Um, will we win more than we lose of games under three goals? If we do, then we'll make finals. Um, you know, tradition sort of says over the last sort of seven or eight years that no, we won't. But uh, it would certainly be good if we did. We've got to, in recent we've got to start, times. We've got to start winning those games. More of we've those got an games. Appall, we've got an appalling three game and under record of recent times, don't we? Yeah. Isn't it like twenty percent or something? Yeah, probably. And I mean, the thing to me is that that usually is a result of poor process under pressure and training. Yeah. Right. And the great clubs, like if you think about Alistair Clarkson and, and even Damien Hardwick now with Richmond, they're, they're able to stick to a process under pressure that gets results. And, that, and that's where we're breaking. So yeah. is it the coaches' instructions on game day where it's failing? Is it like other players not following the instructions? Or is it that we just don't do enough of that training 
to be able to execute it under pressure? It's a, it's the million dollar question, isn't it? I think it's just our efficiency, which has been an issue for a long time, which sort of comes to the fore in those sort of close games. But I think we were three and three last year. The three ones we lost were against Brisbane at the Gabba, which we were pretty well in front in until they went nuts in the last sort of eight minutes. Uh, we lost by seven points to Richmond at home, which was a, an absolute disastrous result against Richmond's reserves team, basically. And the other loss was by one point against GWS late in the year at home as well. Mm. Well, we again, we had our chances to win that in the last sort of two or three minutes, but just couldn't couldn't do it. That Richmond game really killed our season, didn't it? That was the one where you sort of, yeah, you earmarked, oh, it's just going to be more of the same, I think. Yeah. yeah. And that, I was, think that, was, that the... was typical sort of... 2010, sort of 2010s era Port Adelaide. That, that sort of result is what I'll remember in sort of 20, 30 years' time. Well, hopefully this isn't like our equivalent of 2011 then. <laughs> hopefully not. Hopefully not. Sam, What's your next Sam one? Gray, Sam Gray is gone, Macca. Yes. Who is going to be Ken's love child this year? Kenny's love child this year. That's uh, That's an interesting one. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Who's your pick? I'm going to go with uh, Stevie Motlock. Stevie Motlock. Yeah, I can so, see that. Yeah? I can see that. I think, uh, yeah, I think Ken's going to be desperate to show and prove that the mature age recruit from a couple of years ago was a, a relevant and viable decision. Mm-hmm. And um, we're missing that Sam Gray type player. And I think uh, um, Stevie's going to be the one. Okay. So, um, I'm gonna say Trent yeah. McKenzie. Trent. I'm gonna I'm you, gonna say the Cannon is gonna play 18 games this year. Can you trust any guy that's got the name Trent? That's the question. <laughs> Bad experiences, mate. But I, I know a Trent. He's a dodgy bugger. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. Hopefully, I hopefully, hopefully I hope I hope he's listening, Trent. <laughs> any other questions, mate? Or was that the four? That was my four. That was your four. Good stuff. We've got, as always, we asked Big 40 and Facebook. I don't think we got any Facebook questions, but we did get quite a few from Big 40. So we'll try and Ooh, go through, through some of these. Um, classic first one. Classic first one from Steve Dore. Coke Zero or Coke No Sugar? No Sugar. No Sugar. Okay. But I, I'm back on the Coke. I don't like because... either. I, I like Diet Coke, mate. I'm a Diet Coke fan. Well, I've been told the attitude in uh, the, the no sugar drinks is very, very toxic. So I thought we'll yeah, stuff it. I'll just, I'll just uh, drink Coke and just have the normal sugar and just go for the diabetes. Thanks. I just don't like the flavour of Coke no sugar. I think if I was to choose between Coke Zero and no sugar, it would be no sugar because uh, there is a little bit of difference between the two. But I just don't like the flavour of either. They're all so, shit. They're all shit, Macca. Pepsi Max all the way, mate. That's where it is. Oh, uh, yeah, Pepsi Max isn't too bad. I thought you were on the Diet Sunkist. Diet Sunkist is bloody fantastic. Sunkist yeah. Zero is Fair. fantastic, I've got to say. I told you. I thought you were on it's the great. Diet Sunkist. Yeah, it's really good. Really, really does good. It taste like, does it taste like the uh, sugar Sunkist? The, the is that zero, why it's so good? The Zero Sugar Solo is not too bad either. Really? Yeah, that's a good one. Interesting. Uh, Andre has asked, uh, who will be the first senior player out of form to get an unjustified run of games when a younger player is in form and left in the SA NFL? Mm. Well, probably Trent McKenzie for me, I reckon. Trent McKenzie. And who would he be selected over? Joel Garner? 
Probably someone like Garner, yeah. Mm. That's a that's a tough one for me because it's like I've got to think who um, who else is there outside of Trent down back. Uh... Would you? Was it down back? Was it? Well, that was down back. The question was anywhere. Anywhere, yeah. yeah. I mean, would we put Brad Ebert in that category? You probably could. Yeah. I reckon Brad's going to get an extended run. Yeah. Now, personally, I this is only my opinion with no other knowledge, but after the horrendous head knocks he had last year, uh, I reckon he, the club should have just encouraged him to retire. I fear for his um, his long term uh, health. Uh, yeah, look, he gets forward. a head knock every week, just about, doesn't he? So yeah, he has done yeah, for years and years now. But, uh, well, he's tough. You know, he his tough. skills might no doubt his skills that. his skills might be off every now and again, but he's a bloody tough guy. He is, uh, and, he, and he's a good guy, a port loyal guy. But I, I just, you know, there were some horrible head clashes last year, and you know we're at a point now where you know we can probably do without him. And yeah, for his health and well being and his family, I, I was hoping that he would have just retired or or gone into a different role at the club or something. But anyway, so he'll be my pick. Fair enough. Andre has also asked, what round does Ken drop a toll forward for a small, only for us to rage for the rest of the season? Four. It's got to be round three, doesn't it? That's the That seems to be the traditional sort of uh, decision come round three. Sort of, didn't he, didn't he sort drop three, three-pronged toll forward line in the first two rounds? Look pretty good, then drop uh, probably Georgiades or something for round three. Did he drop Butch in round four, never to be seen again? Round three, I reckon it was, mate. Okay. Well, we're pretty close anyway. Pretty close. Three or four. It's going to be early. Yeah. He, won't, he, won't, he won't persist too long. Uh, Glitcho one has asked, who will, be, who will play as our primary forward now that Sam Gray is gone? Well, I answered that already. I, I said Motlop. Motlop, yep. I think you're probably right there. Probably right there. How will Rick cope, given that his favourite player is now a virtual lock each week as our centre-half back? <laughs> it's not how I'll cope. It's how, how everyone else will cope when I uh, when I go on my rants about it. Yep. I just... Uh, and I, I, I don't know. I won't... Don't start me, Macca. <laughs> we'll see how he goes. Sleazy is asked, uh, what are your favourite footy podcasts that aren't Port Adelaide Footy Club related? Well, you better. Do you uh, listen to any others? I love the Portress. Portress is great. Portress, yeah, that is port yeah. related though. But uh, for me, probably is the it? sounding board. It's not totally footy related, but it's um, it's more sort of like media. But is is probably sort of like sixty percent footy media related, which is really interesting. I like Damien Barrett's other podcast as well. In the game, I think it's called. I think that's pretty good. And the Listics one, I've just started listening to. That's pretty interesting too. Oh, was it non-port related? Non-port related, mate. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was, I was being sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, it is port portrait centre, but it's non-port related. Fair enough. But I, um, I don't listen to podcasts. I don't have enough, enough time. Yep. Fair enough. That's all right. Um, Sleazy has asked this one as well. Uh, with our trading and live trading, the Listics podcast noted that during trade period, clubs were willing to overpay for future picks. During live trading, clubs were willing to overplay for live picks. Uh, they highlighted us as taking advantage of this by bringing in 2019 picks via trade at the expense of overpriced future picks, then replenishing our future picks. 
without compromising our 2019 hand by sliding a couple of spots on draft night. Do you agree with their trend analysis and do you think we did it on purpose? Mate, we've overcomplicated something that used to be really simple and easy to follow. <laughs> I'm going to leave it to you because I just don't give a shit. They've just, yeah, it's just stupid now. Yes, I do agree with their trend analysis and yes, I do think we did it on purpose. There we go. Uh, Butters made me do it. Has asked why did we give Kane Farrell a three-year contract? Why did we play Kane Farrell against Charlie Dixon in the internal trial? Mm, I'm not sure. I don't know. I like Kane Farrell. We... I, I like his foot skills. Uh, yes, he can sort of go in and out of games quite a bit, um, but I think with his sort of kick, we need to get him into the game a bit more somewhere, whether it's down back whether it's on a wing, whether it's up forward, um, a play with his sort of skills and sort of goal sense as well. Um, I really like in the team. I guess they're assuming, they're assuming if there's going to be any more squad transition over the next couple of years, it's going to be from the older blokes. So they've got the luxury of um, signing maybe some of these younger people on for an extra year maybe. I would have thought two years would have been enough but you know we are poor we like handing out longer term contracts yeah uh schultz and fess has asked can we play lysett laddams dixon marshall and georgiades in the same side and if no which of the five misses out well we already answered that question with a yes i think i think they can play in the same side together i think they're all a little bit different um you know marshall and georgiades maybe aren't sort of pure tolls they're not that sort of gorilla sort of toll. Um, so I do think that they can all play. It's whether someone like Wessoff can also play in the same team, and Watts as well. Um, that's when you've got to sort of start to ask the question. Surely you can't have Westhoff and Watts in the side as well. Depends on what sort of role. Uh, I mean, I can see Watts sort of slotting straight back into the back line. It depends what sort of role is left for someone like Westhoff then. Oh, my God. You're going to make my brain hemorrhage. <laughs> uh, uh. We're going to, we're going to, some poor runner is going to be in Port Wasteland because we persist with Westhoff in some running role where he doesn't run. And oh, God, heaven help me. You guys are, you guys are trying to enrage me already. It's just, it's not fair. What did I do? Why did I pick Port as my team? Oh, you anyway. Love you love it. I do. I uh, T. Cray has asked, uh, Macca, who's your pick to win Survivor Winners at War? Um, I've got to say, if Pavati can get to merge, then she's a huge chance. Otherwise, I'm going to say Ethan for that one. I haven't seen that episode, so one, I can't one tell One of the anything. old school winners, I reckon, might uh, might sneak through. Maybe Yule as well. I reckon he'd be, he'd be uh, up there with the favourites, I reckon. Uh, Gremio Power has asked, um, does our playing group have leadership issues? And if it does, what could we do to solve it? Is he trying to flame me? Is he gaslighting me? Probably. Haven't we been complaining about leadership issues since like 2015? Probably 2013, mate. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, I think the biggest problem with our leaders is a lack of composure. And that's been our... And that's been our issue for a very long time. Very long time. Yep. I would agree with that. 
Um, okay, he's also asked with the midfielders, what will we do when Wines and Rockcliffe are both healthy and ready to play? Uh, drop Rockcliffe. Yeah, I mean, it depends on the form of someone like Pau Pepper as well, someone like Willem Drew, if he's in the side as well. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure we can carry both Wines and Rockcliffe all year this year. I yeah, just so don't both, think we uh, can... Both absolutely we can't, gunning it. But. We can't play Wines, Rockcliffe, Drew, Sam Power Pepper, and also all in the same side. It's just impossible. And let's be let's face the reality that we are a rebuilding side. We're not a, a premiership side. Um, you know, even though we are an equal 18 chance to win the premiership at this point in time, we are a rebuilding side. So... Yeah. Rock, Rockcliffe has to be the first one that takes a bullet, with that being the case, as far as I'm concerned. I'd rather see us pump 22 games into an inconsistent Sam <laughs> Powell Pepper rather than play Rockcliffe. Yeah, I'll, I'll probably agree with that as well. Um, Interstater has asked, uh, how do you see our age profile of our list? Well, we've got two peaks at either end of the spectrum and a very hollow... Valley in the prime age category of our squad, don't we? We do a bit. Um, that sort of twenty-three to twenty-eight-year-old um, age bracket is uh, is probably lacking on some um, consistent players. We've got uh, those that have sort of um, made a name for themselves in the side at the moment. You've got Ryan Burton, who's a good player. Amon had a really good year. DBJ had a really good year. Um, there's Wines there, obviously, as well. Cleary, who's um, a mainstay down back. Then you've got Lysett, uh, who's 27. And then you've got Motlop and Watts at 28. Um, so there's not a lot there, really, is it? You've got, we've got quite an old side. Um, you know, by the end of this year, we'll have 10 players over 30 on our list, I think, which is, uh, and now, which is quite a lot. We have to get rid of, what, at least four, don't you think? You, you would think so, yeah. We, we, yeah, 10 over 30 is just crazy. We've got an inverse bell curve, basically. And, um, yeah, I would, we'd have to be ruthless. And I guess if we don't make finals and Hinkley sacked, um, you would expect a new coach to come in unless he's shackled by ridiculous and stupid contracts that he would be getting at least rid of five of those in thir- over 30. Yeah, we need to make some changes with our list, I think. We need uh, we need to push the youth a little bit more, I think, um, get some more games into them this year. That'd be great. Uh, AFL 2004 has asked, are we hyping up Mitchie Georgiatis too much? Why? It's, uh, he's, he's part of our future, so let's roll with it. Yep. Let's just run with it, I reckon. What's the, what's the difference between him... Let's hype him up more. What's the difference between him and... A Nick Solder that really couldn't get a, a decent opportunity. Uh, probably list structure at the moment. I think um, I don't know Nick. I think Mitchie Georgiatis is probably a little bit more agile than what Nick Solter was. But I don't know. We just had this idea after Nick had you know a pretty good first couple of seasons on the list playing up forward that hey let's turn him into a defender. Um, probably because we needed a little bit more height and some foot skills down back, but it didn't really work out for him, I don't think. I think he should have probably stayed as a forward. Mm. But they're both uh, reasonably similar sort of types, I think, but um, might play some similar sort of roles, but we'll wait and see. 
I was a fan of the Nick. I was a fan of Nick as well. As I said, he played four or five really good games up forward, and then uh, hey, let's turn him into a full back for no reason at all. But uh... imagine if Nick Salter and Power Pepper played in the same side. I like what you're thinking, mate. I like what you're thinking. Yeah. So, our last little bit here. Uh, 2020 predictions, mate. How many wins are we going to have? Oh, man, I've got a cough. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm going to say 11. Okay. Which would uh, put us in what sort of ladder position, mate? What are you predicting there? 10th. 10th, okay. I've got us with nine wins and 11th. I think we'll have a little drop down this year. I think there's some other teams that are around us on the ladder from last year who've improved a bit more than what we will, I think. Um, obviously, I want to see us win 15 games and make top four. That'd be wonderful. But uh, Absolutely. I reckon nine wins and 11th for me this year, mate. Who's going to be your best and fairest? Houston. Houston. I would love it if Dan Houston was our best and fairest. That'd be great. Yes. I want to say Tom Rockliffe. <laughs> I'm saying I'm saying drop him, and you're saying he's going to win our BNF. I reckon, uh, yeah, he showed some sort of form last year uh, for parts of the year. I think um, I don't know. I can see him playing 22 games this year and being that sort of mainstay in the midfield. Well, our uh, well, our 10 over 30 players average between them 20 games each. Probably, I would think so. <laughs> What's your pick for a top four this year, mate? Who's going to win the flag? Um, who won it last year? Richmond. Richmond. Yeah. yeah, I was invested after we didn't make finals. <laughs> I can tell. Um, yeah, top four. I'll go Richmond. Yep. Um, Collingwood. Yep. West Coast. Okay. Bulldogs. All right. Interesting. Very interesting. I got West Coast first. I reckon they'll win the flag this year. I think uh, Richmond second, GWS third, and Collingwood fourth. Mm-hmm. That's my pick. Are now, GWS actually going to win this thing? No. No, they won't. I, don't I would love it if they did, because I, I like a lot of their players. I'm a big fan of a lot of their players, yeah. but I don't know. I don't know if they've, uh, I don't know if they've Some, got it or not. No, nah, something's missing. Yeah. Probably Leon Cameron. Now, the good anyway. thing is that we have a little bit of footy to talk about, um, or preview at least. We're playing the Brisbane Lions this weekend on Sunday as part of the Marsh Community Series uh, pre-season, uh, the first pre-season match. And um, looking at the side, we've named pretty much best available, it looks like. Yeah. What do you think of Gray and Lysett playing in the uh, state of origin? I'm okay with it, so long as they don't get injured. Oh, I'm okay with it. Should be in it. It's for a really good course, so that's fine. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, I guess they're still getting a, a hit-out match practice. Yeah, so, they get a uh, bit of a run around, less... so that's good. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's hard, isn't it? You've got, um, you've got like, two, three-quarters of your squad there, so, you know, it should be your best, should be your best players available. Um, my computer died power-wise, so um, is Garner playing? Uh, Garner is not playing, I don't think. I don't see his name there. So that's a bit of a worry for him for the start of the year, isn't it? Probably. Possibly. I don't know. It depends. Uh, it depends who sort of falls out of the squad as well. I'm not sure we're going to take 30 players over. Might drop down to 26 or something like that. Is, uh, there, is there any noticeable names 
from your perspective in the in the squad? Uh, the or missing or in the in the squad? Yeah, out of it, out of it. Um, not that I sort of recognise. Um, I'm really interested to see how Tobin Cox goes for his first run at sort of uh, AFL level. He had a pretty good season at SANFL level last year, so I'm. Well, he really had a strong finish, didn't he? Does. He did have a strong finish. Yeah, um, hopefully he's working on kicking um, a little bit. Uh, good to see Marshall in the side. Georgiades as well. I'm keen to see. I hope Farrell plays. Uh, Jack Watts is named for his first game in almost 12 months, so that's great. Um, Joe Atley, he's in the squad. So is Willem Drew. So I'm liking that. Uh, and then a couple of older guys. Sammy Mays will be interesting to see what sort of year he has this year. And uh, Jared Liner, he's almost the forgotten man because uh, he's got a bit of height and can play down back as well. So be interesting yeah, to see what sort of role he no, plays. He's no good one-on-one, Jared. That's, I think that's his problem. He's not, but he's 195. He's got a good kick. Well, uh, I don't know. Maybe he might be the one that sort of takes over from Howard's spot, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, well, I, they're going to have to choose either him or Westhoff, I guess, or Watts. It's going to be he's going to be in that rotation, I guess. But I don't know. I sort of put a line through line it. I just yeah. uh, I didn't think he was probably up to it, and he's just maybe a depth player. But are we expecting Brisbane to falter this year after their hefty heights of last year? I'm expecting them to have a little bit of a down run. Yeah, I don't think they'll finish top two again. Um, they had a pretty, they had a pretty buttery draw last year. Didn't they, they did have a very good draw. They're going to have a really tough draw this year, so we'll see how they go. But they have improved their side as well. But um, we'll wait and see if they have a little bit of a falter or if they can, um, you know, sort of back continue up. to grow and, and back it up. What was a, a very, very impressive 2019 for them. Um, so you know, they, they were we... in a, they were in a pretty good position, and um, just didn't sort of follow through in finals. But uh, you know, pretty young side, they'll they'll do pretty well, I think. So do we want to be seeing some systemization and processiveness game? This Bit is all cohesiveness. about cohesiveness, mate. For me and efficiency. Let's see us hit some targets. That's well, what the, I want the to skills were a bit game. sloppy last week from the trial game. I heard like it was a bit blustery and the skills were a bit off. So yeah, we really want we want to see some good skills, eh? Hey? I want to see some good skills. I'm very happy that we've named a good squad. For this, like it's as I said, it's kind of best available, which is good. Usually, we go in with the first sort of game, uh, it's all the kids and maybe you know three or four senior players, and you sort of think, Well, why are we doing this? But, so, but it's good to uh, change it up a bit and uh, and run with what's looking like going to be our core side for this year. And when is it? Sunday, nice. Is that is that during our um, our port fan radio? Strategy session? Uh, during my working session, yes, probably, yep. <laughs> and how is Soto's going, Macca? Mate, Soto's is brilliant. It is brilliant. Do you want to do, do, you do a shame for some fish and chips, mate? Come down yeah. for some of the best fish and chips you'll ever have, for sure. Yeah? So uh, business is booming? Business is really good, yeah. And do you get a few podcasters coming down going, Macca, where's the show, what's going on? You know what, we actually do. I reckon over the last sort of three or four months, we've had probably four or five big footy guys come in and say good day and and all that sort of stuff, which is great. I like uh, like meeting the crew, so that's good. So did Ken come back after you interviewed him? Yeah, he comes in most weeks, mate. Yeah, and hey, do you tell it? Do you tell him what you would what you say here on the podcast to him? Uh, 
Well, we don't really get much of a chance to talk, mate, because uh, I'm usually busy, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. Is there going to be, are you going to franchise photos out or expansion plans? Uh, not at this stage, no. No? No. Uh, See, so yeah, I, I taught finance, but um, no one gives a shit. Everyone wants to just talk carbs and calories and deep fried food. So. No, no one cares about finance, mate. Everyone cares about no. chips. Yeah. Yes. But if you are looking for, a, especially first home buyer, we've got our first home buyer workshops up and running. So, and we've got options for everyone from thousand dollar deposit opportunities to lower low saving deposits with Home Start to normal funded programs. So there is possibilities for anyone. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's us done and dusted for tonight, mate. Episode one done. We're back. Done. How many more to go? Oh, about sixty-five. So, yes. <laughs> I should. Oh, we should wonderful. just put in a, the the warning that the Monday show might be inconsistent between Monday and Tuesday. So That's they're right. just gonna they're just gonna have to watch uh, our posting schedule for when uh, when it's gonna be next That's week. It. We'll have to be next week. We'll have to be Tuesday because I'm away in Melbourne on Monday. Definitely, we'll be back on Tuesday, mate, to talk about the game on the weekend and hopefully it's a good one for Port Adelaide. I'm excited. Let's uh, let's get some great enthusiasm and uh, and results going our way. That'll be great. I want to be proven wrong this year. Yes. And I want you to be proven wrong. I yes. want us to win. <coughs> I want us to finish top four. Top four um, would be wonderful. That would be great. Wouldn't it? I want, and to, what play, that I want, to, I want to go to finals, mate. It's all about finals. So what is the minimum standard result for you to accept Hinkley not being termi- terminated. Winning finals. He has to win a final? Has to win a final, yeah. A final or more than one final? Well, let's just start with one, I think. Um, that'd be a good start. Because so far he's... We 100% he's... have to make finals, and I think we 100% have to win at least one final. Do you think up. if he, if we made finals and lost a, lost the first finals game, and he's out, or the club's out, do you think they'll do you think they'll trigger his extension just by making finals? Well, oh, that might be part of the contract already. Who knows? I feel like they I feel like they're pushing to just recite to trigger it. That's what I'm feeling like. Maybe it's uh, yeah. They need to. They want that ten year coach. Anyway, let's yeah. All right, we'll see what happens throughout the season. I apologise. I think it might have been my internet. I think it is a bit inconsistent. So, All good, um, mate. I apologise for everyone listening. We'll be back Tuesday. Awesome. Until then, count the pair. Go the power. The heat's on in the kitchen. Oh, look at this. Quite simple. Good attack from Galapati Carlo. He left his man. He took them on. He gets the lines. Oh, baby! The finest of lines.